Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. And verse 15 through 20, Jesus speaking here in three of these verses, actually four of these verses, in 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Everybody say, I'm a believer. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This is the one verses I want you to notice most. Verse 19 and 20. Jesus now, he is sending them out. So they, so then, after the Lord had spoken unto them. He was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. Verse 20. And they went forth. Everybody said, that's me. And preached everywhere. The Lord, everybody said, working with them. Everybody said, that's me. And confirming the word with signs following them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you that it's not you alone. Anytime you go, God is with you. Amen. When we pray for people, it's not just us putting our hand upon them, but the Lord shares in that. And and it's Him that moves even through our testimony when we walk outside these church house doors. He is working with us. He is using us. It's when you are speaking, remember that You may be speaking, but God is with you and working with you as you witness. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to turn this morning to Leviticus, chapter number 7. It's been quite a while ago that I was doing my morning Bible reading and studying and came across Leviticus 7. And uh, one through five, and the Lord began to speak to me on something that I had read before, but just this time it meant something different. Seven and one says, likewise, this is the law of trespass offering. It is most holy. And in the place where they kill the burnt offering, shall they kill the trespass offering and the blood thereof, shall be sprinkled round about upon the altar. And he shall offer of it all the fat thereof. Everybody said the rump and the fat. Amen. That covereth the inwards. And everybody said the two kidneys. And the fat that is on them which is by the flanks. And the cow. Everybody said the cow. That is above the liver with the kidneys. It shall he take away. And the priest shall burn them upon the altar for an offering made by far unto the Lord. It is a trespass offering. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word this morning. Realizing God this morning, my lowliness, Lord, and my inabilities, but yet knowing God this morning that you're in this house. Lord, let us connect to your spirit this morning. Oh, God, let your spirit flow in this sanctuary this morning. God, let your presence, God, move in our midst, Lord. And I pray that, Lord, no individual that came into this church, God, uh, will be leaving this morning, God, the same way that they came in, Lord. But I pray this morning that they will go away from here refreshed and renewed in spirit and in mind, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, that you will encourage them through the word of God. I pray it this morning, asking it, God, and believing you for it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
This morning, I want to use this subject. I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say, don't be contaminated. Don't be contaminated. Hallelujah. In our scripture text this morning, the Lord wants the parts that if contaminated, there are some key parts that he asked for that if contaminated could destroy you. Amen. Can I say the best or the most important or the most crucial parts is what the Lord wants. Amen. He wants those parts of you that is most crucial to your well-being. Hallelujah. Spiritually, I'm speaking. I'm, I'm talking naturally here, but I'm speaking to you spiritually this morning. In our scripture text today, the Lord requires five parts of the sacrifice. He required the blood. He required the rump. He required the fat. He required the two kidneys. And he required the lobe or the cow of the liver. Now, biblical numerologists say that the number five represents the grace or the favor of God. Amen. Isn't it amazing that God requires five parts of our offering upon the altar of sacrifice to gain his grace or his favor we, they had to lay five things upon the altar. Five things were taken for a sacrifice. Yet again, there are five offerings offered upon the altar of sacrifice. It seems no coincidence that the number five does represent favor or the grace of God. The meat, there was five offerings. The burnt offering, the meat offering, the sin offering the trespass offering and the peace offering were offered. Grace and favor both have five letters. But what I want to preach to you about is about the five things that God expects of our sacrifice. I believe that there is a reason that he asked of those things. I don't believe it's by coincidence that he had asked for those things. Before I have read this many times in Scripture and passed over it, but one morning in my study, Brother Freddie, I had opened the Bible and began to read over that and something quickened me that there was a purpose in what he was asking for. That there was a divine purpose in what he was asking for. First of all, may I say that the blood, Leviticus 17 11 says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. That's the part of that verse I want to use. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. I'm going to tell you, when your blood stock quits flowing, honey, you're done. When your blood gets infected, amen, you are in a mess. Amen. Jesus wants our life to be lived in and through him, can I say. If your blood becomes contaminated, your life is not long on this earth unless they get some antibiotics, amen, pumped through you quick. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to know that there is a reason I believe that the Lord used the blood because the blood is something that when it becomes contaminated is very serious in our real life. Amen. But I want to tell you also in the spiritual realm, there is a, there is a, I believe that God has brought a symbol to us. Amen. To recognize that when our blood in Jesus Christ becomes contaminated, when our life becomes contaminated by the things of the world, then we're in trouble. Hallelujah. Once you become infected by the world, you'll either go worldly, amen, or you will shake it off, come on. By the blood of Jesus Christ, you'll be cleansed and you'll be walking, amen, with God and you won't look to the things of the world. 
Amen. But I do not want to be contaminated by the world. I do not want to be contaminated by the world that we walk in every day. I'm going to tell you, we walk out in this world and we meet people every day and we rub shoulders with people that are laced with spirits, if you please. And if we're not careful, we drag those spirits home with us. Come on now. Hallelujah. Somebody help me preach. I feel it in the Holy Ghost this morning that the enemy would like to contaminate God's people. He would like to contaminate the church. In fact, he has contaminated, he has contaminated a many of the church. Amen. Has fell to the wayside because they've leaned to the world more than God. Hallelujah. I don't want to be contaminated. Brother Pat, I don't want to be contaminated. Where you work, it'd be easy to get contaminated. They put you between those two guys in that truck. There's no way getting out. I can almost imagine there's something in the ears. Brother Pat's ears and, and there's something going on in there. And they can probably hear some of that. Because I know he's usually got it loud enough to you can hear it even with it on his ears. Amen. I don't want to be contaminated. I'm not, you know, we need to fill our day with things of God. I walk in Brother Fred's store up on Market Street. I hear the Christian radio station going. I'm not sure he hears it all, but I, I, I guarantee he hears some of it. In between times, he's listening. Come on. Brother Terry, I know from a fact that I've heard you talk about it, that when you're out on the road, a lot of times you're listening to Christian music or you're listening to ministers' tapes and things going on in the truck. You know why? Because it would be easy to be contaminated with the stuff that's coming across that CB. Come on, you can be contaminated by what people says. Come on, it'll contaminate your mind. Yeah, have you ever, I know you have. Amen, there is times that you have been around somebody and what they have said has rung in your ears after you and left them. You know why? Because it was a continual, come on, contamination. It was a continual thing that you were around them and it began to work on you and you had to rebuke that thing and get it out of your mind. Yeah, we're living in a world today, if we're not careful, this contamination works its way into our lives. Amen. And we become contaminated by the devil's devices. A many a church has failed by contamination of the world. Hallelujah. I just run, ran on to an article that I think Brother Bob had given me, Brother Bob uh, Garrett had given me back some time some time ago and I just happened to be the other day and I happened to reach down and pick it up out of a drawer and began to read it again and brother brother Terry it made chills run across me because it was talking about a church in California and, and it was like a 40 member church and said that uh, they were now slacking up on the tongues that it was no longer necessary in their services that uh, it, 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 it was, they, they wasn't telling you couldn't speak in tongues, but it was just a, it was a no longer a obligation. It was not, not a necessary thing. Oh, 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 glory. I'm telling you, it is necessary. There is a world out here. In fact, I don't know, pastor might even minister to it, so I don't want to take away from it, but just, just a thing that he showed me the other day uh, that, that got a hold of my heart. And he, he started feeling the Holy Ghost because it had stirred him up. And they were two, I believe it was even ministers, that were talking, and the one had written a book and he was talking about how he had had asked the Lord uh, so many times to forgive him. He kept repenting and repenting, you know. And, and, and I, the other one asked him, how many times have you repented? He said, I don't know, thousands and thousands of times. And, and, and the reason, he said, and he even started laughing. He said, don't you know that one time's enough? 
Amen. And he said, yeah, but I didn't feel clean. I just, it, there was something about it that I didn't feel clean. And, and I felt what pastor felt. And he said, what do you think about that? I said, I think he needs the Holy Ghost. Come on. He needs the power of God. He needs that assurance uh, that, oh, hallelujah. You know, you know how you know that the Spirit of God is on the inside? The Bible said, for they heard them speak in tongues when they received the Holy Ghost, when they received Christ in you the hope of glory hallelujah in Acts it said and they all began to speak in tongues as the spirit of God gave utterance come on whenever the Holy Ghost speaks through you that's how you know that God hallelujah accepts you and there's a world out here that's unsatisfied because they don't have the spirit of God in them they cannot be sure that God is sure enough in them Glory, help us, Lord. Glory, I don't want to be contaminated. I don't want to be contaminated, Brother Terry, to think it's all right that I don't need the Holy Ghost. Yet my Bible tells me that that's the things that's going to change me in the last day. The spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken you, quicken your mortal body. And we're all going to be changed. How? By the Holy Ghost. It's by the Spirit of God. And I know He's in there. I recultivate it every day. Come on. I don't know about you, but I worry if I go a day without hearing the Holy Ghost speak through me. I don't want to be contaminated and think that it's not necessary, that I don't need Him. I find every day that I get out of my bed, I need him. <laughs> his strength is perfect. And when I get out of bed, I'm not dependent on my strength, but I'm dependent on his. <laughs> I'm dependent on the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. That's going to help me. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, let's move on. Amen. Let's talk about the rump. Amen. We're going to talk about big rumps this morning. Man, he wanted the rump. I wanted to tell you that the Jews looked at everything as it was a symbol. It was a representation. The blood was the blood of the flesh or the life. When he talked about the rump, the, the Jews looked at that as representing the sense of strength. The stout part, if you please. And I began to study history and found out that there was a smaller breed of sheep weighing 60 to 70 pounds, probably about like ours. And the rump weighed about 15 pounds. They was, he wanted the rump. There was a larger breed of sheep that weighed, and they were taller, weighed 150 pounds, and the rump weighed 50, or the 150 pounds, the rump alone weighed 50 pounds. And as I began to study, and I know maybe you can't visualize this, I, I, I could have had a picture and put it up, I guess, but as I was studying this, Brother Zach said that those breed of Oriental sheep that weighed 150 pounds that their rump could actually be four feet in length. And I know it's, it's hard for you to understand that, but there was so much fat that was, that was in that rump that it actually had, it hung down, way down to their legs and come back up. No wonder he wanted the rump, because the fat was considered the richest part. I'm getting someplace. I'm going someplace, y'all. Hallelujah. And the sheep, amen, were even called fat-tailed sheep because so much fat was stored up in the tail and it was considered the richest part of the rump was the fat. So the Lord says, I want the rump. ha. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to go here. I, you know, I might as well. I'm, I'm just bishop, you know. So, Isn't it amazing that God would choose the rump, the part that we sit on? 
don't know whether there's a story behind that or not that the Lord just don't want us to sit when we're worshiping Him. <laughs> Woo! In fact, if I could take you back to the tabernacle, you find no seats. They were standing in His presence. I wonder what it'd be like if we just take all the seats out and let everybody come in and stand in His presence. You, want, you know what? You wouldn't be intimidated near as much if you were already standing to just lift your hands and worship the Lord. You wouldn't be near as intimidated just to jump a little bit, you know. Come on. You wouldn't be near intimidated as much just to take a little run, you know. Hallelujah. We would get out of our comfort zone because our comfort is in a rump. I, yeah, I, I knew, I didn't think any of y'all would help me preach with this. But, but the truth is, I know you are like Sister McGee and I, most of your household, if there's a man and lady, you've got two recliners sitting in there. And you know what you use them for? To put your rump in so you can rest and kick back. Come on now. Somebody say amen. Well, good. I'm glad you're all honest. I'm feeling real good now because the truth is the Lord said, I don't want you to sit on this thing. I want you to get up and use it. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Hey, the world shows it off enough on the TV screen. In fact, there's not much covering it anymore. We've got to that place. Hallelujah. But what I'm getting to this morning, church, is the Lord wants your strength. He wants the place where strength lies in your body. He wants your stout part. Come on now. Hallelujah. He wants it for the building up of his kingdom. Hallelujah. Without the Lord, our strength is not complete anyway. Okay, I'll deal with that. Nehemiah 8 and 10. And he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, Send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry for the joy. Everybody said the joy. Of the Lord is your strength. How many times have we read that and said the joy of the Lord is my strength. And we start shouting the glory. But we don't realize what we're saying it. Because what we're really saying is this is not my joy to begin with. But it's the Lord's joy. And Brother Terry, the Lord's joy is what my strength comes from. Come on. It's not my joy. Come on. It's His joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's from Him that I receive my strength. He said, hey, I want the rump. I want the stout part. I want your strength. I want everything you've got. Come on. God wants you to put everything in the kingdom of God that you've got. Your strength, your power, your might. Whatever my hand finds to do, the Bible said to do it with your might. Your strength, in other words. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. The Lord's joy is my strength. Romans 5, verse number 6 says this for when we were yet without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly in other words we didn't used to have strength but when I got a hold of the master of strength then my strength becomes perfect oh, oh I like that song sister Gina Vera sings, his strength is perfect. <laughs> when all your strength is gone, his strength is perfect. Because I'm going to tell you, my strength is lost pretty quick. Have you ever noticed? I have noticed in my weakest hours and in my times that I grow weak, that 
there was always, uh, in, in all my years of pastoring, I can say, and Sister McGee can vouch and say with me, that in the 21 years that we pastored this church, running the doctors and, and running from uh, to, to the nursing homes and to the hospitals and to surgeries, and I can remember times putting 12, 1,200 miles or better on a car just in a month of running back and forth to surgeries and things. And, and sometimes it was like it, we, we was busy just all the time, constant thing, running back and forth, praying for people, this, that. And our strength become slack and weary, amen, and well-doing. And I found out in those times, Brother Terry, that even though that I was weak, that seemingly I'd wake up and, and my strength would become new every morning. The Bible said His mercy is new every morning. Aren't you glad that God don't let you get up one day without any mercy? That He, come on, every day that I wake up, my strength may dwindle away, but I'm going to tell you, I got up this morning and there was a brand new jar of mercy, Brother Andrew. There was brand new, come on, the Lord had some brand new strength there for me. Come on, in Him, the strength is perfect. His strength is perfect. Hallelujah. When all your strength is gone, His strength is perfect. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I like perfect strength. Glory. Hallelujah. I like strength, and He wants us to use that strength. He don't give it to us first to set on our rump. But he gives it to us that we can get up and go. Come on, that we can witness to him. He give it to you so you could work and make a living. But he figures in while you're working that you're going to witness. Come on now. Come on. If I'm going to use my strength for him, then the least I can do is while I'm working, so I ought to testify to somebody. I ought to let here somebody hear my testimony. Ha <laughs> ha. Come on. Somebody needs to hear me and, and my life. And, and, I, and I'm going to tell you, you know who usually wins the, the people from the outside? It's usually that, 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 that new convert because he don't understand that everybody don't want to hear that. He's not like us. That I know we don't like hear that, but that's the truth. That, that, that new convert, Brother Terry, he, he don't care because he's, he or she's just come in and they feel so much better. There's just a feeling that comes with this thing. Come on, I'm going to tell you. There, it, I pray all the time. I pray all the time for churches of this city. I pray for the pastors. and I've prayed. I pray all the time. Lord, let that pastor get up. I, I, pr I pray on Sunday morning. Let that pastor get up this morning and let him feel something when he steps behind that sacred death that he had never felt before. Let him actually feel that there is a presence of God, that there is the Holy Ghost anointing that can flow over you and make you feel strength. You don't want, if you've never felt that, then you've missed out. It is a feeling. I've, I, I've heard, I don't know how many people that's been filled with the Holy Ghost, Brother Freddie. I've, I've heard a many of one of them say, you, you know, it's hard to really explain it to somebody. You ever, you ever tried to explain how the Holy Ghost feels? The only, the only thing I can tell you, it feels wow. You know, you see those tapes that come out every year, the, the wow tapes, you know, or the wow uh, DVDs or the wow CDs, you know, that's got all the favorite praise songs on it. It's the wow tape. Let me tell you what, the Holy Ghost is the wow experience. Because you can't tell anybody what it feels like. You got to tell them, you must experience it. And we need to get him excited about there is a feeling that comes with it. I thought if ever pastor in this city could actually feel that, he would want it. Come on, because it's a good feeling. Come on, it's a good feeling when I can get up here on Sunday morning and, and minister like I do him this morning, and I can feel something with me. I'm not standing here alone, and I'm not preaching this on my own, but this is the Word of God. Come on, and there's power in it, and there's a feeling that comes with that power. 
Glory. Hallelujah. But if we're not careful, we let that spirit wane. And it dwindles away to the place that there's no feeling there no more. And if we don't watch it, that happens in our church. And the spirit wanes in our church. And before long, we're just like any other church that people come in and they don't feel nothing. They Come on, church. We've got to be careful. We've got to keep that spirit alive in us. Come on. Hallelujah. We've got we to show that there is strength there. And it's the joy of the Lord that's my strength. Come on. There's something different because... <laughs> I've, had, I've had people, and, they, and it's not me. It's the God in me, and it's the God in you. But there, are, there is people, I'm sure, that's happened to you. That, uh, you know, they, I, I've had people say, man, you're always smiling. Well, I got something to smile about. There's a joy in me. Yeah. Oh, glory. A little old nurse used to be at her doctor. She's not there no more. She left because I whistled too much, I think. I don't know. I'm really. But she was a little old nurse, and, and she didn't tell it to me. But she so told my daughter, Roberta, she said, she said, your dad whistles all the time. She said, yes, he does. said, it's one right whistling right now. She said, are you one of them too? And she says, yes. said, my daddy whistles all the time. She said, you know, I really like him, but boy, I wish he'd quit that whistling. You know what's wrong? She's probably just jealous because she can't whistle. Glory. I'm glad that my little grandson, Trevor, can whistle. If you, you, you just ask him sometime if he can whistle. He'll show you he can whistle. Before long, he's going to be whistling Dixie. Come on, he's going to be whistling those Christian songs. Come on, those spiritual songs. Amen. Hallelujah. My wife, if we're in Walmart, she always knows where I'm at because I heard you whistling. It's part of my makeup. It's just me. My mama used to do it. I do it. Come on. My daughter does it. And my wife even does it a little bit here and there. Come on. You know what? It's a sign that there's joy in there. That the only way that I can make that joy be heard is to whistle it. Come on. Thank God you can whistle Come on. Thank God you can praise God. Thank God that you was able to come into this house this morning with all the others gone on their trips and doing ministering and doing different things. God allowed you to walk through these doors this morning. You've got enough health to be here. You've got enough strength to be here. Where do you think that come from? It was the Lord's joy that give you strength. Oh, Jesus. I do not want to be contaminated. Ooh. I got to watch because it's been a long time ago, but I remember, you know, we can go through hard times, and if we're not, if we're not careful, our whistler is quenched by the enemy. Our self that smiles and greets everybody if we're not careful we're not so greedy I don't remember it was something I just walked into the bank I wasn't really not happy or nothing it just I had something on my mind when I walked in and usually from the, as I'm walking from the door plumb to the front I'm speaking to people I'm greeting them usually stop whistling long enough to greet people that day I was just coming in. I don't know. I wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't. wasn't I was. It wasn't not. It wasn't a day I was. But the first thing that came was the two ladies that sat at the desk right by the hallway where I come in. Said, "Man, are you all right today?" I said, "I didn't hear you whistling." And I had to check myself, Brother Terry. God, what's wrong with me today? Am, am I? Really noticeable. Am I not my old happy self? What's going on today? I had to check my spirit. Come on, church. Sometimes we need to check our spirit in church. 
You know, we're Christians. We are happy people. Yes, we are, that song says. Yeah, been baptized in Jesus' name. Spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. We're a happy people. I, I know we haven't sung, sung it for a while. May we need to revive the song. But we're happy people. So don't come in here like some sad sack and say, I'm a Christian. Bless God, show you're a Christian. Come on. Let's be happy. I'm glad I'm here. Come on. I'm privileged to be here. I'm glad that I'm in the presence of the Lord. I'm glad that he's still speaking to us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's talk about the fat. I know nobody wants to talk about that. That's what you're trying to get rid of, right? Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, that's what the Lord wants, so give it to Him. He counts that's the best part, so just give it to Him. I know. <laughs> We're living in a world today that wants mean and lean. Ask Brother Zach up there. He's, he's getting mean. And, well, I don't know how he's getting mean or not. I hope he's getting lean. But I don't want him to get exalted in lean. Glory. I want him to use that strength in the kingdom of God. Whew. Oh, yeah. Win some of those guys he's pumping iron with. Woo! Witness to them. Come on. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them your story. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. The richest or the choicest part is the fat. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to veer off into the spir spiritual here a little bit. Amen. The fat was to teach the children of Israel that the Lord deserved the best. He was teaching them, I want your best. Now, on the spiritual side, let me tell you what the Lord wants. Your fat, your talents, your best. What you excel in, that's what God wants. Hallelujah. And I, already, I can already hear it, you know. Some of you saying, well, I don't, I'm, I don't excel in nothing. That's not true. There's some place you excel in the church. God has put you all here for a purpose. There is a place you excel. Brother Pat, you're a worshiper. Anybody, that's, anybody that sees Brother Pat says, he's a worshiper. I like that guy. You know what they like about him? The worship. Because he don't care what anybody thinks. He's going to do it anyway. You know what? Well, a lot of us would be a lot better off if we was like Brother Pat and did not care. He sits on the front pew because so he can't see everybody behind him. He don't really care what they think. Don't know what they think. You know what? He's not watching. He's got his eyes on the Lord. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. I believe the church has missed a facet of life that we used to go and we had our eyes closed. We didn't know what was going on around us. You know why? Because the glory of the Lord was coming down in the service and we really didn't care what anybody else was doing because we was in touch with somebody that was above and we felt the presence of God and we liked that feeling. Anybody like that feeling? It's a good feeling. Hallelujah. In fact, it'll, it'll make you want to come back tonight. It'll wake, make you want to be here on Wednesday night Bible study. Because, in, in fact, Brother Terry, let's, let's just think back a little bit. I remember times through the ministry of this church coming up, even in this church, that we did not want to miss church because we were afraid of what we would miss. There was an excitement to get there. Come on. And, it, and, and we get there early, an hour before church. And it wasn't so we could talk about sports. Sorry, but, you know, sometimes that's talked about in church more than church. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, it was so we could get there to pray because we was figuring on getting something that night. We came with a problem, and that very night we was aiming to go home without that problem. So we prayed and sought God before church. And when we come into his presence, come on, what we had left, and we went home free of it. 
used to almost be a normal thing that uh, at the beginning of church we had a prayer line and we prayed for all those people their minds was scattered and they was having problem focusing before church and and when we got when we got to the when we got to the song and singing the songs and the glory of the Lord come down people started walking run the aisles worshiping come on we still know how to do that it's still there we're there is people in this church that are sensitive to God's presence. They know how to move with the presence of God. But if we're not careful, the enemy comes along and he contaminates our spirit. If the enemy ever wants to contaminate Sister McGee and I, it's always right before church on Sunday or it's on Wednesday. If there's ever any bad news that wants to come to our household from maybe some of our family, it always comes before church. Invariably, pastoring them years, if we're not careful, people would come in the door and want to fill pastor's ears before church, and I'd say, if this can wait till after church, you tell me after. Don't contaminate my spirit. Come on, I, I didn't say that to him. But in, in my spirit, that's what I was saying. Don't contaminate my spirit before I minister. Come on. I want to get, I want to be in touch with God. I want my prayer. Amen. Yeah, when I go to the prayer room, I want it to be meaningful. And I want to come out here connected. Everybody said connected. That's where we as a church need to be. We need to be connected. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The fat, the richest part. It's what you excel in. It's what you do your best in. God wants that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Those things that you can do, it don't matter. Yeah, I want, I want, I want, somehow I just need to work on this. It don't mean that somebody else is not better in the area, but if that's the area you excel, even though you may not be as good as so-and-so, if that's the place that you excel more than all the rest, the Lord wants that. Come on. Oh, yeah. He, he, wants, he wants that part that you excel in. He wants the fat. He wants the richest part. He wants all of that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then it makes me ask the question before I go on to the kidneys, I wonder how many people are giving God their best. I want you to put that in your mind this morning. Hallelujah. Now let's talk about the kidneys. I've done quite an extensive study and I found it very valuable. To me as a diabetic and the liver, I checked it all out real good. He said, I want the kidneys, the, both of the kidneys and the fat around them. And then I want the cow or the lobe that hooks to the liver. I want that. I want it, the, it and the kidneys together. Come on, that's what he said. Scripture, read it yourself. I just, I read it to you. The kidneys as the essential part, it's essential. You don't live very long without them. They're going to keep you alive so long with dialysis. And then you're finished. You either got to get a transplant or you're gone. Amen. It's regarded. Let me, let me tell you. The Jews look at everything symbolic. When the Jews looked at the kidneys, they regarded it as the sense of emotions. Think of that. Not like we do. It was the sense of emotions. It was the heart or the mind by the Jews. That's what they thought it. The kidney, the kidneys filter from the blood excess water and chemicals and dispose of them as waste in the form of urine. The Jews looked at the kidneys as the inner self or the reins. God said, I want you to, I want to hold on to your reins. He said, I want to guide your life. I want, I want to use this to guide you by. Come on. 
I want your kidneys. I want, I want that thing that the Jews look at as your inner self. I want your inner self. I want your whole being, but I really want your inner self because that's where emotions and things are set up. Come on. I want the inner self. I want the soul of man. Come on. Hallelujah. I, I want that inner self of you. I want, I want that mind. I want the mind that was in me to be planted in you. Glory. I want the kidneys, if you please. The kidneys rid the blood. Now, you listen very closely. Yes? Because this becomes very important in our spiritual life. The kidneys rid the blood of fatigue poisons. Keep you from getting fatigued. And the breakdown products of metabolism. Takes care of your metabolism. The entire blood supply of the body runs through the kidneys every few minutes. About a quarter of the blood is in the kidneys at any one time. Each kidney contains tiny blood vessels called capillaries, which lead to at least a million tiny filter units. Now listen to this. No wonder God wants this that if laid end to end would stretch for some 50 or 75 miles. God said, I want your mind, I want your inner self that'll stretch for the next 100 miles. Come on. I want this, I want the reins that I got a hold of. I want them to, I want it to do something for you. I want it to lead you another 100 mile, another 50 mile in your journey. Come on. God wants your inner self. Come on. He wants a hold of the strength. Come on. He wants you to use your strength because you're going to be walking some miles. And I don't know about you, but I can't walk a mile without him. I need him every day. Every day I get out of my bed, I thank God that I'm able to get myself out of bed and set my foot down under mama's table. Come on. And take nourishment. It's only because of God that I'm able to do that. And I wonder how much longer we'd live if we'd let God have a hold of our reins. I wonder how much better our health would be if we let God have a hold of our reins. God. Oh, I don't want to be contaminated. I don't want the church to become contaminated by the things of this world, yet it would be very easy. Talked to a pastor the other day. I'll tell you what. She said, but McGee, we've just had people just walk out. Come on, we're living in that time. And I told him this. Yeah, but have you ever noticed that they don't no longer backslide? They just change churches? Come on. Come on. If this one don't suit me, I'll go to this and this one will suit me. Hey, I'm going to tell you, it's not about me. It's not about this church suiting me. You know what? It's about it suiting God. Hey, this is God's church. It's not mine. Come on. It may have had my name, a pastor's name out there on the sign, but I'm going to tell you, it's not our church. It's the church of the living God. And if we got anything to do with the church, He wants our strength. Come on. He wants our inner reins, our inner self. Mike, Sister Brenda, Sister McGee and I have been praying for you hard. I pray, God, I have seen this couple give you the reins. They have been faithful to the house of God even when she was so sick she couldn't even sit on the pew hardly and even have to go home early. And I don't look down on that at all. But what I look at is the effort to get here. So I've been praying, God, reward them for the efforts. Huh. Woo. Huh. <laughs> Let me tell you, God don't want your perfection. All he wants effort. Come on now. 
Too many people's looking at the word perfection and they think, oh, I got to be perfect. No, sir. You know how you're perfect? You keep on battling. Come on. Hallelujah. You produce effort. You work at it. You keep on keeping on. Even in the face of trial and temptation, you keep on going. Come on. Even in the face of the enemy, you keep on going. True glory. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. About 99% of the body's water is returned to the bloodstream by the kidneys. Oh, oh. Think about that. You talk about a filtering job, honey. Think all the junk you drink and it turns it back to water and gives it back to the body to use. Think all that stinking pop you drink and all the junk, the sugar and stuff you put in your body. Every time you drink a pop, 64, 65 sugars if you don't drink the diet type. And I'm here to tell you by experience because I know I'm a diabetic, but I'm going to tell you something. A few weeks back, I had two 50s in the same day. I had one about 3.30 in the morning, one in the afternoon. And that last one was a 52, but it didn't feel good because I was outside working. It hit me just like that. Man, by the time I got inside and sat down at the table, I was shaking. It didn't feel good. I'm going to tell you, I pulled out a big red that was the real thing. And it's, it's, it's better than Pepsi and all that. It's a little bit. It's about like 63 sugars. It's, it's so much better, you know. I drink but just a little old glass of that stuff. Man, that brought my sugar up real quick. Come on. I keep something like that close to me. Just in case. Come on, church. I wonder what would happen if we'd quit contaminating our spiritual life with all the junk. Sister McGee and I, our big thing on TV is getting up in the morning and watching the news and the weather. That's our highlight of the day, and then we do that at uh, 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock. That's, that's our TV. We really, we get into TV big times. I mean. I, I think I get 11 channels. Sometimes I'll get 18. It's just according to how the weather is. Well, church, I'm going to tell you something. You could almost get contaminated by watching the news. You know what it is? It's not good news anymore. It's all bad news. Junk. Pure old junk. It's murders. All you got to do is turn it on. You're going to hear some murders down in Evansville or somebody started to fire. It's, 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 it's a common thing. You better be glad you live where you do, even though this is dead city. At least not, not as many people die here. I'm not saying there's not some that don't take their lives. There's people that does that, and it's going to happen. I don't care where you live, but I'm going to tell you, when, ever since I've moved to this city, I've been praying for God to clean this city up. Come on now, church. I'm talking about we need to be not contaminated by this world. We need to not let Mount Carmel contaminate us. Let's pray that all the bad, that God cleans this city up and makes it good. Let's pray. Come on. I pray every time I pray for this place, I pray God make this a city that it's easy to get saved in. Come on. You're that's the only way we're going to reach that 40% that's non-church. Come on. Never darken the doors of a church. 40%. I haven't figured that up, but somebody could figure that up real quick, but 40% uh, of 7,300. There's a big part of this city that never darkens a church door. And we sit here and enjoy the presence of God. A lot of times we don't worship when He deserves it. Come on. Hallelujah. We use our rump more than we do our head and our arms. Oh, well, I'll get off of that. 
Hallelujah. 99% of the body's waters return to the bloodstream. Only about 1% is exerted in the urine. You think a kidney's is not important? It's important. Now let me talk about the lobe or the cow of the liver. Because the first several times that I read over this, Brother Terry, I, I said, well, he wants the liver. But it don't say that. It said, I want the cow or the lobe. It says, I want the cow of the liver that's above the liver that hooks. I want it. I want, I want that, that. I want it to be taken with the kidneys. And then I found out that I, I think I know why he didn't want the liver because he, the nation, used it for divination. So I don't want the liver. If they're going to use it like that, I don't want it. But I want you to know it is a very important part in the body. Amen. In fact, the cow or the lobe of the liver in the Hebrew, in the Good News translation, in fact, in, in two of the trans, in, fa in fact, what it means is the cow or the liver means the heavy part. Do you know that the liver is the heaviest organ of your body, weighing three pounds? Approximately three pounds. Can weigh over, according. Can weigh under. That's a pretty good size chunk. Three pounds. The Good News translation in the New Century Version described the cow or the lobe as the best part of the liver. You know why? Because it hooks to the kidney. Oh, now let me tell you all that this liver does. It's to be taken with the kidney. See, the, the liver is closely identified with the source and the center of life. It is mentioned in depicting profound sorrow. Proverbs 7, verse 22 and 23, and I'm trying to hurry on. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteneth to a snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. When the dart goes through the liver, honey, you die. He was speaking of the prostitute. Amen. Now I want to just going to enlighten you as I as I close this morning Compton's encyclopedia says the liver is the heaviest organ of the body about three pounds is the body's now I want you to listen closely it's the body's chief chemical factory blood purifying and tune up station poison detoxification center and food storage and distribution center, as well as a major gland in the digestive system. As much as 10% of the blood in the body is present in the liver at any one time. From the blood, the liver cells take up excessive sugar. If your sugar drops, the liver kicks in sometimes and takes it above. Diabetics know that. You can almost feel it happen. You begin real hot, and then all at once there's a sensation. It does it. It takes your sugar on up. Which is in the form of glucose, and it converts it to glycogen and adds it to the blood. Whenever blood sugar levels drop, glycogen is converted to glucose, and added to the bloodstream. Important. Everybody said important. After nutrients pass through the walls of the intestine, the blood carries them to the liver where they are further broken down. It determines how much of each of the nutrients will be used. Some are left in the blood to be used cells for energy. Everybody said energy. It also furnishes the clotting material for the blood. In a way, it helps hold down infection. Yet it is one of the filthiest parts of the body, the filthiest organ. 
And everybody said, let's have liver and onions. Or some others will say, I want chicken livers. And I like liver and onions. The Lord said, all I want is the lobe that goes to that dirty thing. I want the clean part that hooks to the kidneys. That filtering system. That's what I want. Glory. Hallelujah. But he said, I want, I want your innermost being. Because that's the part that purifies everything. That's the part that cleans it and gives you energy and builds your strength. Come on, I want that part. Come on. I want you to use this for the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I don't want to be contaminated. Don't want to be contaminated. I want, don't want to be contaminated. Hallelujah. Brother Terry, if you could come. Hallelujah. You can stand this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. That word is a bad word, contaminated. We don't like to hear that word. When something is contaminated, then it means it's got a foreign object in it. Something that shouldn't be there. We're blessed this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Don and I, I was here and Don came in this morning. Brother Don, Brother Don and I was talking. He said, well, I wonder how many be here today. I said, I don't know. Everybody's out of town there. I don't have no idea. I said, Brother Don, I've learned something. I said, over, over life as pastor, I've learned to preach to 10 and 11 just like there was a 100 people. Brother Fred is right. It's important. In the first church, I preached to many a time to 10, 11 people. After starting to pastor April the 1st of 1990, I remember on September the 15th, we had our first Sunday school. We had a whole 15 people. The record attendance of this church is 163, I believe. Somebody said, where are they at? And I asked you how many have we let slip through our fingers and slip out the doors. There's something about us, Brother Terry, as individuals, if we're not careful, we lean to a certain type of people and others we kind of stay away from. But it was love that brought all of you in here. And it's going to take us loving somebody else on the outside of this church. If we can't love our brother and sister on the inside, then we'll never win anybody on the outside. If I can't speak to you and love you, then I'm never going to be able to win somebody on the outside of the doors. You do matter. 
I picked up something and done again, and it's been a long time since I've done it. I have done it since been to town. It's something I used to do as a pastor a lot. And uh, I'm not putting that load on our pastor. He's got enough of a load of his own. But I told Sister McGee something I need to just do. I, 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 I took down some names, names of people that missed church. And I made about 15, 16 calls this week. Just let people know that it missed. Just, just let them know that we, we love you. We care for you. And you're not just a statistic. You're not just a number. But when you come and sit on the pew, when you're not there, we, we miss you. We notice that spot's empty. I had several to, that was surprised and said thank you. And I'll, I had to apologize and said something I used to do. And I've kind of, since I've become bishop, just kind of slowed down at it. You know, trying to take my ease. But I don't want to take my ease in Zion and miss a chance to win a soul. God help me. I wonder, I wonder if, if we'd allow our thinking to be contaminated that. Well, we want this people, but we're not too crazy about them coming. I know it's getting quiet, but I feel Holy Ghost. I don't want to be contaminated with the worldly system that if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. I want to I wanna take on that side that says, I'm going to scratch your back whether you scratch mine or not. I'm going to pray for you whether you pray for me. Even if you don't like me, I'm going to pray. I'm not going to change aisles at Walmart just to avoid you. If I hear you, I'm going to hunt you up. Because I care. Because I care. I talked to someone who was out of town last week. I, I knew they was out of town. So, well, I was out of town. I said, no, that's all right. I said, that's all right. I, I understand. I just, want to know you're, I just want you to know you're appreciated. That you're not just... A number that we missed you being here. And we love you and appreciate you. This altar is open this morning. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.